are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in Proverbs chapter number 29, one verse, and it's verse 18. Let's read it together in the cars, in the tents, in the open air. Ready, begin. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I want to speak to you with a biblical application on this text. No vision. Where there is no vision. Every person, every life, every marriage, every home, every business, every Christian, every church, everyone must have a vision. And when there's no vision, there's consequences. People perish. A marriage will perish. A marriage will die. There must be a vision for the marriage. There must be a vision for child rearing. There must be a vision for a bus route that you're not permitted to run right now. There must be a vision with your finances and your life and what we're going to do with the word of God, how we'll read it, how we'll study it, how we'll memorize it, how we'll get it out. There must be a vision. That word vision is the word I want to identify with us this morning a biblical definition of this word vision. And the message today, no vision. By the grace of God, I'm going to have a vision. I want to have a vision. I want my life to accomplish something for Jesus Christ. I don't want to come to the end of December 31st if the rapture should occur or I should be taken in death. I don't want to come and waste it a year. Father, again, we pray for the message of the hour. Use it for that glory. Inspire the heart of Christians that God, we would leave here with the determination to allow you to accomplish a vision and establish a vision in our heart. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. No vision. Well, let's biblically identify the word. If we look at that word vision, one explanation of the word vision is sight. Where there is no sight, what do you see? With your eyes, what are you seeing? I've been thinking about the one grandmother I got to meet one time, the other one I never met. She was gone before my mother was married, but I saw one grandmother. She never saw me. She was blind. She died in 1963. But the one time I saw her, I could see her, but she could not see me. To the best of my ability, tried to remember that conversation. I tried to remember her feeling my face. And she tried to figure out my facial expressions and who I was. I can see with my eyes. These eyes have vision. And God says, I want you to have some sight on a vision. Vision is simply this, picturing. Picturing how it could be or should be in the immediate future. uh, the, The word vision to sight means to literally take a picture of the future and bring it into the present. Now granted, we took a picture last year, December, we would have not known about this virus, but we know something about it now. I didn't picture that. 
but I did not picture the good things God would do in my life as a result of that virus. I did not realize that I'd ever be preaching out here and the men that preach with me out here in such a setting. I never believed, I never would have dreamed that though it's always been a faithful, dedicated church, that it would be something like this jam-packed in the rain on a Sunday morning. These are days I'll always cherish if the Lord lets me live in my life and to look back on the year 2020. Oh, I hadn't planned it this way. God had a vision and I want you to leave here today. What do you see? I'll tell you what I see. I see a man and a woman as leaders in our homes and our lives. I see a man that can possess, possess a vision. I see a man that has faith. Every man here needs to leave here with faith, a determination, a belief that God can do anything. God can restore that marriage and God can bring back a backsliding child and God can save your in-laws and relatives and aunts and uncles and God can restore whatever he needs to do. Man, a man must have faith, a woman must have faith. I see faith, I see courage, I see vision, I see stability, I see patience, I see determination, I see things that are good things, not evil. Think on things that are good, not bad things. I don't th I wanna spend a lot of time thinking about pestilence. I don't wanna spend a lot of time thinking about government. I don't wanna think, uh, spend a lot of time thinking about the, co the economy of the country. I don't wanna spend a lot of time with the news. It's not wrong to watch the news. I get a lot of news every day because people tell me things and sometimes they'll pop up on my phone and I'll see the headlines. But back in October, I said I had enough. We were not a lot of news watchers anyway. I never saw the election on election day. That was the day my sister died. I had no desire to watch the news. I've not watched the news since October. Maybe you've done better than that, I don't know. But I tell you what, we're still here and the news did not affect that. I don't know all that's gonna happen, but most news is a bunch of pack of lies anyway. They don't tell us the truth. And may I say today, I do not wanna be led by the news, by the pestilence, by Facebook. I don't wanna be led by feelings. Men should not be led when I feel this way about it. Grow up, men, man up. Women, men. Christians, emotions. Well, I think I'll be led by emotions. Circumstances. No, sir. What do you see? I see in 2021 great people of faith, great people of courage, great people that God can do. Let's just keep pressing on, moving forward, going full steam ahead because he's still on the throne. Result of a person with sight, will show up in his marriage. It will show up in his family. It will show up in his church. It will show up in their life. And without proper sight, people perish. Before we go on, let's finish that. Vision is sight. Your marriage will collapse if you don't have a good vision, a good sight. Not on how she needs to change, but sir, how you need to change. I'm waiting for an amen. And men don't honk the horn if this is the opposite. Women, 
Not how your husband needs to change, but how you need to change. Thank you, ladies. The ladies say, I love, I love coming to church because the auditorium, I'll say amen, but I sure like to honk the horn when the pastor says something I agree with. So ladies, honk on, that's great. Stop trying to change everybody else. But say, Lord, it's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me. Get a vision for that marriage. Get a vision that you love that lady again and protect that lady and guard that lady and help that lady and support that lady and encourage that lady. Get a vision, ladies, to support that man and help that man. Get a vision together as husband and wife where this one and this one, the two, have become one. And as we see it as a pyramid, here's a man and here's a lady and Christ at the top, we get closer to Christ. We become more like one another and two do become one. Oh, but get a vision. See it with your children. See it that God's gonna do something. See it for your grandkids. See it in your marriage. See it in your home. See it in your job. See it in your business. Secondly, vision is not only sight. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Vision means to reveal. It's like the word revelation. Revelation is to reveal, to make it known, to expose it, to show it. And tonight, where there is no vision, today, where there is no vision, the people perish. In 2021, God is going to reveal in your life and in my life what he wants for us through the precious word of God. He will use, please don't miss it, he will use the Bible to reveal his word and his will for your life and for my life. What does the word of God say? Well, I'll tell you how he can reveal himself because it's gonna be found in his word. He'll reveal himself and tell you, sir, you need to have family Bible time. Every home in America needs a family Bible time. We're so worried about the election and who's in office and state office and federal office and, and who's in office and city office. That doesn't mean, what if every Christian family began to gather around the word of God and sing and pray and read the word of God every day? That's the word of God. So, well, where's that found in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians 6, 4, train up a, way, a child the way he should go. Your job is to train. Well, where is it saved by scripture? How about Deuteronomy chapter six, verses six through nine. The Bible says, you shall teach them the statutes of the Lord, the word of God. You shall teach them diligently to your children when they lie down, when they rise up, when they standeth by the way, at the doorpost of the house, you establish the word of God and print the word of God right there. In other words, our houses should be filled with the word of God in 2021. In 2021, God is gonna to reveal to you, sir, how to train your children in the word of God. God's gonna to reveal to, through the Bible the 10 commandments. You do a quiz yourself this afternoon. They're found in Deuteronomy chapter 20. Can you name the 10 commandments? God said you can govern an entire nation off of 10 rules. 10 rules. Can you name the 10 commandments? I checked myself on this this past week to make sure that I could tell you something like this with authority, but every Christian ought to know the 10 commandments and what they mean. And every child in our Christian school, by every light switch, the 10 commandments have all these 40, 
three years of the school, 44 coming up in the fall, every, 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 every room has the Ten Commandments. I want our kids to know there shall be no other gods before him. I want them to know they shall not bow down at any graven image. I want them to know what the Word of God says about these Ten Commandments. Child of God, do you know the Ten Commandments? If you don't do, know them, your children probably don't know it. The Word of God tells us we're to teach these commandments to our children. We are violating, and when we violate the Scripture, there's because there's no vision in our home, and because of that, we are going to see a generation of our kids perish. God's going to give you, re, re, uh, uh, reveal to you His will through the Word of God. They came and said, what is the great commandment? This should be taught. The greatest commandment, Matthew 22, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And the second is like unto the first, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If we had taught, taught that, Portland would still not be under siege. People's businesses that have been hijacked and burned and destroyed and looted would have never happened. But somewhere along the line, those young people were never taught, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You don't take from your neighbor. You don't burn your neighbors. God's word tells us, even if they're your own animal uh, hurts or harms or destroys the garden of another, you are to pay back and it tells you how many fold it's supposed to be. But because we've gotten away from the word of God, we think we could just go occupy a city, take it over, and provide drugs, and drink, and food, and even housing, so you can protest. I know of no other country in the world where anybody's trying to get in. I don't know of one country where anybody's breaking down the barriers and the walls to try to get in, except for one, it's America. Uh, you have not been done that unjustly in America. Amen. Time to grow up. Take responsibility. Do you know the great commandment? Do you know the Ten Commandments? Do you have a Bible time? Do you know what the Bible says in 2021 about going to God's house? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. We don't need less of God. We need more of God, more of God's house. Stop playing around with this thing called Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Years ago, you've heard this before, a man came to me and said, I'm sick and tired of you talking about Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You cannot give me any Bible that there needs to be Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I said, you want the Bible? I can remember the man. It was in the 70s. He said, I said, you want the Bible? Because I absolutely prove it. I said, and daily, house to house, they cease not to teach and preach the word of God. I'll never forget the humility of that man. He humbled himself and said, you're right. I said, we have a choice to do it Jack's way or God's way. God's way is every day. Jack's way is Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He said, I'll take your way. You know, we ought not to be thinking we're doing God a favor by going to church on Sunday night. He's the one who sent his son 
and gave his life for my sins and he redeemed me and was blood, died and bled on a cross for my sin and he can justify you, declare you righteous when you ask him to be your savior. Hey, I'll tell you what, not only do I see vision, I see, but vision is revealed through the word of God. Tithing is revealed through the word of God. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store that God has prospered him. Let there be no gatherings when I come. Apostle Paul wrote that in 1 Corinthians 16. Oh, the Malachi, uh, they were complaining and God says, you've robbed me. And they said, wherein have we robbed thee? And he said, in tithes and in offerings. God owns all of our money, but he requires us to give back the tithe, the tenth part and an offering. I thank God for what you dear people have done this year. You have given and sacrificed and gone way beyond. We're very short right now. We've made it within two weeks and the next two weeks are so very critical, but you've done so great. In the bulletin we have the college deficit for this first semester. We knew it was going to be 481,000. We published that back in the end of September. God bless you, dear people. That's down to 274,000. Until Wednesday night, someone slipped a tithe envelope or an offering envelope. A sweet couple apparently under the finance office and said, here's another 50,000 for the college. That's what has happened every single day for all these nearly 300 days where God's people have given and given and supported and sacrificed. We have two hard weeks ahead of us. We're about out of money. It's enormous what it takes to keep this ministry going, but I want you to know that I believe in these next two weeks, God still is gonna do something because God's people love this place. I want you to know that God, God still says in life, through the word, let's teach this in our home. Matthew, uh, Acts 20, 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let's teach our kids to be giving, not just an offering plate, but at Christmas to give to the neighbors and give to the friends and give to the relatives and give to those that persecute and falsely accuse you. Give to people, it's more blessed to give than to receive. God reveals so much of the subject of holiness in his word. Let's teach it in our home. The Bible says, teaching us and denying that all worldliness. God says, I don't want you to live that way. Titus 2, 13, 2, 12. Worldwide missions, let's teach in the home. Let God reveal to us what we're supposed to do with missions. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are two weeks away, two weeks away from completing, building a building and paying a pastor's salary for a whole entire year. It's been a several year project, but we're just two weeks away from completing our 400th church in the Philippines. To God be the glory. Friend, that's, that's big news. I want you to know that the radio ministry, we're told to proclaim the gospel, Isaiah 61, to this whole world. And without one hesitation, 24 hours a day, you're keeping that radio ministry going around the globe. There's so much I'd like to say about what God reveals to our Christian school and our college and training the next generation in this Bible.
But vision is one, sight. Two, it's revelation or to reveal. God is going to reveal to you what he wants from your life, your marriage, your home, your family, your job, your business, the word of God, his service this year. Thirdly, and I'm done. The Bible says where there is no vision, no vision that people perish. There's always when there's no vision a consequence. When you can't see what God's put before our very eyes, when you and I cannot comprehend and God reveals it and he won't reveal it through a late midnight stack of peanut butter and dill pickles. He'll reveal it through his word. He's going to instruct us and teach us. The third definition of this word vision in the Bible is no restraint. When there's no restraint, the word is to let loose, to give in, to give over, to ha not have any control. God says when we don't allow our lives to be controlled, and when we let loose of, I, I don't believe the big thing now in churches sweeping our country is this thing of social drinking. I never thought, Pastor Everson, the day would come when our churches would believe that social drinking is not a violation of the word of God. God says we're not even to look on it. God, God says we're not to give to our neighbor. God says wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. It seems like many of our churches were trying to help teach our people how they can legislate God out and just be community people that we all fit into the community. I don't think John the Baptist just fit, in, fit into the community or Elijah or Elisha or Jeremiah. I'm not saying let's be obnoxious. The best neighbor that your people could have in your neighborhood, it should be you. And it should be me. I'm not suggesting we be rude. But oh, child of God, there has to be some restraints. And you're looking at a man that for 45 years, though it's not always been easy, I've done that. Why? Because God wants some restraints on this ministry. And it's my job to be a restrainer. I was talking to an old preacher, many years older than I, and he's still alive. And he said, Brother Treber, there are certain men that God raised up. Brother Roloff was one. He was a nutcase from Texas. He died in a plane accident when he was 68 years old, 30 some years ago. And he was a restrainer. And they said, most of us would not live like he, he, he on his plane, he'd take his plane and put carrots and beets and he just juiced everything. And oh, he, he was obnoxious about his diet and all that stuff. Now, wait a minute. He, he, he had conviction. He had the great homes for the children and for the young girls and for the young men and the married people. And he had uh, thousands, over a thousand. They had these different homes around America and the big homes, and he preached every night to about 500 young people in his homes. Did a marvelous work. When the court said there's no hope for them, they said send him to Roloff's home in Texas. Brother Roloff was a strange bird, as most men of God. I imagine Elijah would be 
looked at as a strange guy. And Elisha and uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel that he just obeyed God and laid on his side for over a year. God told him to do that. I know it's weird. I think John the Baptist eating locusts was probably a weird individual to the world. But they were restrainers. They held back. And every person needs a restrainer. Need a dad that can say no. Need a mother that can say no. Need a pastor that can say no. Need a youth pastor to say no. And it's getting very quiet in the house today. I'm telling you, there needs to be someone that says, we're not going down that path. We're not going down that way. We are not gonna compromise. We are not gonna change. Thank God, today there needs to be a restraints on our life. And God says when there is no restraints, people perish. I'm sick and tired of young people all over this nation, Christian young people, becoming alcoholics, drug addicts, laying in the gutters, Christian young people that grew up in Christian homes. Why? Because they resisted the restraint. Every person ought to have people in their lives that can say, no, we are not going, uh, sir, there's nothing wrong with that little lady saying, no, we're not doing that. No, we're not gonna befriend that couple. I don't feel comfortable with his wife. I'm just gonna tell you like it is, honey. Now, a wife has that right and responsibility. And so does a man. Your wife ought to be able to talk very blunt to you, jerk a knot in your tail, and tell you what's right and what's wrong and what we would. And she said, well, she's just a dominant old thing. What's wrong with, she's not being dominant. She's trying to protect her family. And there's nothing wrong, sir, you trying to protect your family. God says, if you don't put some restraints in, people perish, your children perish. Don't let go loose. Don't have an uncontrolled life. It's a fatal one we cast off. Vision. My Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, that when Samuel was coming into the ministry and life, he'd just been born in chapter 1, and now we get to chapter 3. And in that day, there was no open vision in Israel, no restraints. Eli, his own sons, he was in the ministry, and his own sons were laying with women in immorality at the temple door. It's vile. It was nasty. And Samuel came in that era when there was no restraint. A church, her responsibility is to put some restraints on our life as we preach the word of God. We don't want to live in a day of restraints. No one's going to tell me what to do. My mother's not telling me. After all, I'm 12 years of age. I'm 11 years of age. I'm 14. I know more than my mother, and you're a fool as well. You ought to obey your father. You ought to obey your mother. You ought to respect your loved ones. You ought to have respect for your siblings. And here it is when there is no, no restraint. When there's no restraint, it's a reveal of our vision. I want to do what is right, Judges 17, 6, in my eyes. Our country can become strong again. But we're going to have to get back to vision seeing things the way they should be seen. Letting God reveal us to his word what we need to correct and seeing that we need restraints on our life. If we don't have vision, 
people perish. What does that mean when someone perishes? Not necessarily is he speaking about physical death there, though it could be. He's speaking when there's no vision, people break up. They collapse. They dissolve. They separate. The penalty of no vision is a death sentence on a life. The penalty of this death sentence shows up in a life, a marriage, a ministry, a nation. So what's the answer? Get our sight on the Savior, looking unto Jesus. What's the answer? Get our eyes on the Scripture. As James says, looking into the perfect law of liberty, the Scriptures. And what Titus is told by Paul, looking for that blessed hope. Can I want to come to you on this subject, vision. As your friend and as your pastor, I want to have more vision for this church than ever before. I believe we're living an exciting time. But I believe if we don't strike for God soon, America's going to be a thing of the past. Churches are going to be a thing of the past. Don't tell me that Governor Newsom wants churches. He's proven for nine months he doesn't want churches. The governor of Virginia who came out and said churches are not necessary. The governor of Kentucky, I mean these great old states, the governor of Kentucky, who they had a great governor there. The new governor comes in and he was the one that began, no singing. You can go in the building, you can't sing. Singing's bad. But isn't it amazing God's commanded us to sing? So one governor says you can't go to church. Don't need to go to church. One governor says don't sing. Health directors and governors say you can't go in your buildings. I'm talking about you, governor of Oregon and Washington and California and governor of New Mexico and governor of Michigan and the governor Republican in Vermont. And I'm talking about you up in the New England area. And I'm talking about Virginia. And I'm talking about in this nation where we have come to the point where we think God is optional. God is not optional. God is the one we anchor our lives in him and we look unto him where there is no vision. Oh yes. Oh yes, I don't have a vision for Sacramento, but I do have a vision for Santa Clara and the people here and that from this place, we will send men and women into the gospel ministry. Dads will read the word of God and pray and couples will love one another and and revival can still come to our life and to our church. Where there is no vision, the people perish. I've had a vision for this church for 45 years, but if it was just a single person's vision, it would have gone nowhere. I thank God for a wife and you dear people, deacons, deacons wives, staff members. Thank God for the parking lot and attendants and their mates and families. I thank God for the Sunday school teachers, the bus workers, the choir, the music, the specials, the nursery workers the security, the live stream people, the radio people, the high school, the elementary, the junior high, the college, all that God has done where people bought into the vision and as a result of that, 
Over 85,000 people have walked the aisles of our church trusting Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I didn't lead 85,000 to Christ. The church led them to Christ one by one. Why? They bought in the vision. And the vision needs to continue because when there is no vision and we give up because it's too hard with COVID, we give up because there, there's no hope in America. I don't believe that. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. I want vision. My message this morning, no vision. That's not where I'm going. And I don't believe that's where you're going. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.